0: Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to episode 86 of Double Hot Beat, where we take the pulse of the beer and brewing scene. I'm James, a home brewer and craft beer enthusiast.
1: And I'm Shannon, a beer intermediate. This week, we're going to take a break from chatting with our fellow home brewers to focus on what we've been doing in our own home brewery. And also, we are able to check out a new sticker company that we are going to give you a little review about in case you want to check them out. But first, James, we recently went to some craft breweries to celebrate Mass Beer Week, which was last week.
0: Yeah, it was, it was pretty exciting because we haven't been out to the craft breweries in a while. So with all the home brewing that we've been getting to and just all the stuff that's going on in life in general, it's been a while. So we are mm-hmm. super excited to be able to go out, have some fun. And even for my birthday, we were able to go check out Proclamation Brewing. That's right by the Providence Airport. And mm-hmm. that was an awesome time. Saw some pictures on our Instagram, some videos. It's really great space, nice big open space. They had free arcade games. My favorite was the Marvel versus Capcom Clash of Superheroes uh, arcade game. (laughs) And the best thing is like they didn't charge you to use the arcade games, which like it said like twenty five cents on the on the games, but like that's how they come. Yeah, well yeah, that's how they come, but (laughs) you'd think like, all right, another revenue stream for the brewery to make like some extra cash, you know. Yeah. But I I really did appreciate that they were free. It was really fun to get to play something. And they also had the shuffleboard, which I always love that game at breweries.
1: Did they charge you for the shuffleboard or was it just your license? It was just
0: um, Uh how they usually work at breweries where you have to give give your license and they give you the little shuffleboard pieces just so you don't run off with them if you have one at your house. It makes perfect sense.
1: I just know other places... You have to kind of pay it. It's like rent. Rent the space. Yeah. yeah, Like
0: billiards or something like that. Yeah. So
1: that's nice. They don't charge you because you can just do it. And then when you're done, you want to play one game. Great. If you don't, if you want to play more, that's great too.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Um, Yeah. That ended up being a
1: good spot to go to. I had never been there. I know you'd been there one time before, but not really. It was like a daytime trip. And it turned out really well because we had about 10 of us in the group. And originally I had reached out to them to see if I could rent or like, reserve a larger space because I wasn't sure exactly how many people that I invited would show up. She didn't
0: know how many friends I had. So
1: (laughs) unfortunately I wasn't able to that weekend because it was also their birthday celebration, which is understandable, but it ended up snowing a little bit, which I think worked in our favor because we were able to hang out, which I think was, would have been the reserve space anyways, where the shuffleboard was located. So we were able to use that space without having to have a reservation or anything because it wasn't crazy busy. And I think that was mostly due to the, to the weather that day. So it turned out pretty well. Their beers were good. I only had, I think I only, I only had one because I was your DD. So I had the one when we first got there and then I stopped and allowed you to have your birthday fun.
0: (laughs) I had a plethora of IPAs. A lot of IPAs. I had a lot of IPAs. And then I had one of their lagers too. That was really good, but Mm -hmm. I mostly stuck to the IPAs.
1: Yeah. But I, I would go back there again. It's a good, decent space. They now also have a permanent hot dog vendor on site, and the night we were there was their first night in residency, quote unquote. And I liked—I had the—I forget exactly what the name was, but mine had sauerkraut on it, and I'm a big sauerkraut on my hot dog person. So now, it was I, good.
0: I preface this where I was expecting lobster rolls because there was a lobster roll vendor there that also had oysters, but before we got there, and they, they were obviously only there were until only they there sold out. The so yeah, so. It, it was a little bit of a shock going from expectation of a lobster roll to a hot dog. And I didn't know like how gourmet this kind of hot dog stand was. So Shan's like, oh, what do you want on your hot dog? And I'm like, I don't know, ketchup and mustard. And then she comes back with this fully loaded dog. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, she's like, here you go. And it's just got the ketchup and mustard. And I'm just like, oh, man.
1: It was, I think you had the classic. What yeah, they the call classic, it, but whatever. Basic. Yeah, so they were, I mean, decent. I am I feel like they may expand because it was just the hot dogs, chips, And then I think they had a couple sodas and stuff. So as they get more comfortable, they might expand maybe some other sides, not just chips. But you never know.
0: And again, if you're coming from the airport, it's not exactly like right to the airport. But if you put it in Google Maps, it's the closest one. But just a little tip that when the GPS takes you to the brewery, like... You have to kind of go around the back of where it tells you to go because the parking lot is in the back. So you're going to have to kind of go through a neighborhood and then you'd find, find the nice big parking lot, which has a sign for the brewery.
1: Yes, so overall it was a good time. Yep. i go back there. We also, like I said, checked out for Mass Beer Week. We went to two breweries in Marlborough, Massachusetts. One we've already been to and we've talked about before. But the other one we hadn't had a chance to check out yet. It's been there for a while and that's Flying Dreams.
0: Yeah, I've seen some of their cans recently in some local craft beer stores, mm-hmm. and I've only mostly seen their IPAs, and that's about it that I've seen. And I believe they took over the space from an old Italian restaurant right in the downtown area there. So the vibe was kind of like it had the nice big long bar mm-hmm. with the, what do you call those like pane ceilings that have like the tin ceilings? Tin ceilings. Yeah, yeah, very like prohibition error type. Mm-hmm. type vibe it was really good i had the rye ipa which she kind of prefaced that like oh do you like bitter because it's really bitter and i was like it wasn't that better <laughs> yeah like that's fine with me And she's like okay i just want to make sure that you know that like it's very bitter and i was like okay was it really that better no it wasn't yeah. like it was like I was shocked that it actually tasted a lot like my rye IPA that everybody loved, and I loved it. I thought it was great, and I, I'm just wondering if not a lot of people understand what a rye IPA tastes like because mm-hmm. it is something that's you don't necessarily find on a lot of menus. Yeah. So I think a lot of people might have just had the feedback of like, "Oh, this is too bitter for me, th- thinking they were going to get a West Coast IPA or your citrusy, hazy IPA. So I really liked that she kind of like was trying to make sure that I knew what I was ordering and just make sure that Mm -hmm. I was aware of it before. Because there's nothing worse too as a brewery of like you obviously want to make the customer happy. If someone doesn't like something after taking one sip, like you'd probably offer them something else, but then you're wasting a pint and that's, that's bad business of you Mm -hmm. basically lose seven to $9 for your pint.
1: Yeah, they've probably gotten that feedback in the past where people are like, oh, I didn't know. So she probably is just proactively trying to be like, I'm just letting you know. But I have the goes. The interesting thing, and I didn't try this because I wasn't sure how – I knew we were going to go to another spot afterwards, so I didn't want to, like, try it and then not like it and have to get something else or have to get a second beer. So I, I, we were kind of on, like, a limited time. And so they have these – you can add flavor shots to the goes, and I was not sure how I felt about that. So I just got the regular – just their plane, I guess you'd call it. And it was decent. It was, I mean, it was pretty comparable to other goes as I've had so
0: yeah I think it's pretty unique that they offered such a variety of different flavors you yeah, could there add there's
1: a to lot it. of flavors you could add
0: so I'm curious to see if any of you listeners have tried it goes with like a different flavoring like strawberry or what was the craziest one they had on that list I I'm think trying was to like, remember and I tried to go back and very at my very picture, but I, I was like oh like cherry one was like cherry something oh uh, maybe it was like sour cherry or sour something. cherry something like that
1: yeah they had a bunch of different flavors and I if we go back maybe I'll, I'll but it, it could just be so one of those things it.
0: where, like, instead of just having one of those flavors be for the goes, they decided, like, they could reach more customers by just having it more of, like, a generic st- to style, and then you could add your flavor to yeah. make it equivalent. It's like a coffee.
1: Yeah. Just, sure. I mean, it is flying dreams. You dream it, you can do yeah, it, you dream, it, Right, yeah.
0: You dream okay. it, you can do it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I definitely think we could check it out again when we have a little more. We also had our daughter with us. So and I feel like whenever we're at a brewery with her, it's always kind of a countdown to when we need to leave based off of how long she's gonna last. So I'm always conscious of how many like we're yeah we're never gonna, for, gonna be the,
0: so. those people that just have their kids running amok like um our experience at law shoe with- yeah and
1: i we love law we've been there many times we've talked about them in the past they're one of our favorite places but this time i don't know what was going on the music was off this t- this time we <laughs> were also
0: a friend of ours had visited from out of town that hasn't been there before so mm-hmm. she was with us and it was her first experience there. Mm-hmm. So like, we just have to keep saying like, this is not how this experience usually is here. This is also like during the day. Yeah, um, it, was a, it was
1: a Sunday afternoon I mean, vibe. it was pretty much
0: like everything that could go wrong, go- went wrong. Like as far as a brewery, like atmosphere goes, like their music didn't work. They, they had a live band there before. And then I guess their sound system wasn't working and just they didn't have any music whatsoever so right there it's going to be like quiet and then when you mm-hmm. have a family that's there with three young kids just running a, running when i say running amok i mean running amok and to picture there's maybe like four couches and then there was all just high top tables they it were was just pretty
1: busy too they were just there.
0: running around the entire brewery so Like I feel I feel for families now. But then again, like if it was us, we would have just been like, all right, guys, like we're going instead of continuing to drink and continuing to to just like ignore the kids just interrupting other people's time.
1: Yeah. But overall, I mean, I tried their anyone here coyotes howling which was a sour Ooh. ale, which I really liked. And it was it was actually kind of funny because we recently had coyotes at our house. So I was like, oh, hey, this matches up with our real-life experience. And it was a sour ale that was conditioned with strawberries, rhubarb, cinnamon, dark sugar, and Indonesia vanilla beans. And I got some cans yeah. to go. It was that good.
0: Yeah, it looked really, I really good. I, I was tempted to try it if I got dragged away from. I was just loving their Main Street March, which is their Mars which won in 2022 the U.S. Open Beer Championship gold medal winner. So it definitely was like amazing and just like the epitome of what I think of when I think a good German Marzen style Mm -hmm. beer. And JP did a really great job with that beer. So I, I just had to keep drinking that beer.
1: Yeah, so I'm glad we made it over there. Yeah,
0: and, and then it was funny because we were like leaving, clearly leaving, and the guy that was with the this group of um, kids came over and he's just like, yo, where'd you get that hat from? I was wearing our Hop logo for our podcast hat and he's like, where'd you get that hat from? I- I'll buy it off you. And I was like, oh, no, like, that's our podcast logo. He's like, oh, okay. I thought it was a craft brewery you got it from. All they have here is shoes. It's called Lost Shoe, It's called, like, it's Shoe, called Shoe. That's their logo. But yeah, sure. <laughs> I was like, no, like, no, it's not for sale. Like, But, you know, if, you, if you're listeners and you think our logo is pretty cool and would l- want merch, let us know. You've
1: seen James's hat on our Instagram. If yeah. you want one, let us know. <laughs> we'll sell it to you. <laughs> we'll see.
0: But I, I was kind of just laughing. I was just like, all right, we're trying to leave. <laughs> but I was yeah. like, oh, like. Kinda cool that he like our hat and our design is cool enough that people would want to buy merch. So I'm like, hmm, maybe. Maybe if you guys want merch, let us know.
1: (laughs) James just wants to say the word merch a lot. Merch. And yeah, it was felt good to be back out in the craft beer world.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it was a nice break too from the weekend before and the weekend after we're busy homebrewing. And so I really wanted to get into doing some Quicker brew, brew days by using extract kits from Northern Brewer. And the great thing about those kits that you saw on our Instagram as well was that these didn't produce a lot of beers. So you could do it on your stovetop. There really wasn't much equipment involved to make it happen. And at the end result, like you don't have to feel like you have to have a full second fridge to fit all the bottles if you're going to bottle because these kits were only a one gallon batch, which produced about a six pack of your 12 ounce bottles in maybe two of the 22 ounce mm-hmm. bottles, which was great. So one person can easily do it. Um, it's not very time consuming. The amount of stuff to clean was easy. And I don't know, Shane, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it was definitely a quicker, obviously quicker brew day than you're used to. So it was nice to be able to do a little bit of a micro brew and not have hours and hours of cleanup like you did the next weekend.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was like a complete polar opposite of weekends. Like literally, I was like, what do I do? Like there's so much free time with the other thing because I was like, I can do so many more things with having on the stovetop. So I did the uh, barley wine kit as well as the White House honey blonde that we had talked about last President's Day. Yep. And so I really wanted to try that. To see how that actually would come out so the honey blonde the honey ale was a very light amber in color it had a nice biscuit flavor and it had some sweetness to it the barley wine i was really impressed with that it almost felt like a mulled wine it was had nice dried fruit flavor to it And like I said, it drank more like a wine than a beer. So this was a heavier, like a 10 to Mm -hmm. 11% beer. It came out at about 10.1% ABV. It had a great amber color. It was just a nice sippable beer. And we had some of the guys over for a game night. (laughs) And we we had a little sampler of the barley wine, my winter ale that I had made. And Mm -hmm. I think I threw in uh, the bombshell from Greater Good. And surprisingly, Mm. the feedback was they liked the winter, one liked the winter the most and one liked the barley wine the most. So I thought that was interesting that they didn't know the other one was from a craft brewery. But I love that other beer too. And it's a totally different game of a a beer. But I think they both came out really well, Mm -hmm. easy to use. So definitely check out their easy extract kits if you're looking to just dabble in some home brewing using what you might have at home.
1: Yeah, and I know I've been trying to get more into the all-grain using your system downstairs, but I mean, my time I feel like is a little bit more limited because we can't both be just out of pocket for 12 hours brewing beer. So I almost feel like the extract I might look into just to something that I could quickly do when our daughter's napping, you know, I would have one to two hours that I could be doing a beer on the stove.
0: Yeah, and I know you've been also looking at making a sour as well Mm -hmm. as trying to use your Pico brew more and just develop a recipe To scale down to be able to use that automated kitchen appliance that Mm -hmm. never gets used.
1: Well, (laughs) Well, that's a different discussion. It it just it just
0: shows that an automated piece of equipment might not necessarily get used the same as like your kitchen pot or an extract kit. Like yeah. your mind is going to extract kits before you're even thinking of using them. Well, machine.
1: I think the biggest thing with the Pico is that they are no longer in business. So the way that it's really meant to be used is with their Pico brew packs, packs. Yeah. and I don't have those. So it's harder. Like it's if I had those, I would definitely use it more because I'd be like, you know, setting it. Throw right it in, in. yeah, yeah. I, I would just throw, throw it in it, the microwave. Throw it in there, yeah, but it. I don't have. I have to personally like it's the same. It's the same amount of work to me to develop a recipe for the Pico Brew as it is to just do a full batch on the all-grain system, like on your system downstairs. You know, like I still have to come up with the ingredients and do the math. And like, whereas I could have just gone on the Pico Brew website when they were still in business and said, buy this kind, they send me all the things and I just follow the steps. Yeah. So it's it's the same amount of work almost. I guess the
0: only difference would be like having to watch it as it went through the steps versus like mm-hmm. once you have that in, then you could kind of do other things and just not have to worry about it boiling over. and.
1: Yeah, like if someone wanted to make me little packets that I could use I'm <laughs> do you sure want you to could? do the hard work for me and I needs to, to go to our homebrew
0: shop and then I'm sure Charlie, Charlie can make hook you up <laughs> a, a recipe for that yeah. one Yeah,
1: but no I definitely want to try that I want to get a sour done this year that's my I was going to say about the summer but I feel like the summer is rapidly approaching so end of year may be more realistic for my mom time frame but yeah I want to I want to get a sour in for sure and we have some purees that we need to use up, and I yeah, we really sa- need found to use a raspberry sour recipe, and I feel like that might be really good for summertime, so maybe that'll push me to get it done sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, and we've gotten a lot of, from the homebrewers we've had on in our previous episodes, a lot of fe- good feedback on different yeast strains that Shannon can use for her sours. So. Fellow homebrewers, you've been awesome and very helpful yeah. to us, and we're glad you're listening and uh, you want to come on our show. So if you're a homebrewer listening right now and you want to come on our show, just DM us on our Instagram. No, it's annoying. We have to say it. But you know what? Like, you homebrewers know, like, we're, we like to keep to ourselves. So whatever.
1: <laughs> so come
0: on out of your, so shell. come on out of your, your beer shells uh, there.
1: Yeah, James went out of his beer shell, and he <laughs> popped his little head out of there. What did I do? And you... You did your party guile. Oh,
0: I did. Yeah. Yes. Party guile in the house tonight. Okay. That's, better than, that's better, that than be- that better than the first time. Yes, that better than the first time. I used the Gangnam style and tried to do it to that. No, and, that's very true. So yeah. I, I will refrain okay, from doing that. Okay, I'll give
1: you a 5 out of 10 for that five one. 5
0: out of 10. Wow, well, yeah. I'm not even in harmony. So oh, anyway. So I wanted to really try, after doing our episode on party guile beers, of use, utilizing... The grains from my belgian quad to make another beer so initially i was thinking maybe just a standard table beer i really didn't have much criteria other than i didn't want to adjust the grain bill to add abv which was one of the techniques go back to that episode where we talk about party guile different techniques of raising an abv on your initial from your initial running so what i did was i was kind of just going to go with it use the same green bill use the greens just as they were from the Belgian quad and i was kind of talking with charlie art from the homebrew shop of what other beers i could make by just utilizing different yeast and hops to kind of make a different beer and he had just gotten in the White Labs Belgian lager yeast that I was super excited about and he's like hey I know you mentioned that you were excited about the Belgian lager yeast why don't you try doing that Mm -hmm. do you have the ability to lager and I was like yeah absolutely we have temp control our glycol chiller we have the bright tanks if needed and also just the ability to control our fermentation temperature he's like oh yeah you should try and do a belgian lager so i was like okay is so, this the night
1: that you said you were going there for a quick trip yeah and, it ended and up then being it like was a two like 2 hour deal 10 hours later <laughs> james comes back and i'm like what the heck was that
0: if you saw the size of the homebrew <laughs> shop you'd be like how could anybody spend that much time in a shop that's probably like 200 square feet you'd be amazed yeah. homebrewers <laughs> like, you know yeah. what i'm talking about where there's new yeast strains come in you talk start talking yeast uh, customers come in, bring in their their homebrews, you know, talking on what, what they're doing. Just it just gets, you know. It just gets pretty fun. <laughs> so, again, what I wanted to do was I wanted, so the original gravity target for the Belgian quad was 1090. So this beer was supposed to come out to maybe a 10 or 11%. So as as you know, once you use the runnings for your second beer, there's only so much potential left in those grains that you have. So you're not going to get another beer that's 10.90. You're you're probably shooting for maybe half of that at best case scenario. So my target OG for this Belgian lager was going to be 10.50. So I ran into a couple <laughs> issues, to say the least, with this party gal. Not necessarily because of the party gal itself, no. but because of my lack of with, post, with past, clean, James. past James, lazy James, of <laughs> I, my brew day was delayed by like an hour and a half because I had rinsed in when I cleaned my system from the previous beer, I rinsed everything through, I CIP'd, I flushed it with water. However, I didn't disconnect all my tubing and fittings and everything. I just left it as is, thinking I had drained everything completely out of the system. And I just wanted the next brew day to just be, all right, it's already put together. I can just go. And I, this time, decided, all right, I'll run like a quick water, hot water rinse through it. And boy, did that water reek of like just, nasty beer like it was just not clean whatsoever and i'm so glad that i ran that water through before just going with my next beer because mm-hmm. it would have ruined my beer to start yeah. so lesson number one to all you homebrewers out there like don't <laughs> let your laziness like don't be lazy don't be lazy and don't think you cleaned it well at the end of the brew day so you're good to go for the next brew day like Always disassemble your pieces of your system if you have a more elaborate system like I do. Don't just assume. Mm-hmm. So that was one issue I had. Not a big deal. Again, it just delayed me in time from cleaning. But during that time, I was able to clean all four of my kegs and my two fermenters. So yeah, that's 22.
1: Able to catch up on some other things.
0: My second issue was bringing my mash temp up to 149 for my sack rest um, for that first year for the Belgian quad, which required the full hour. And this was, I think, Mm -hmm. mainly due to we had snow out. It It was was cold. cold. It was like low teens, maybe the temperature. So I think just the heat loss in the tubing as it was going back through the rims, it was just taking longer to heat that up. So it was fluctuating from like 140 to 146 degrees Fahrenheit. Again, it's not a huge deal, but for me, like I wanted to try and keep as the variables as low as possible, so I didn't start my mash time until it got up to the 149. My third issue, and this was my biggest issue, and the reason why I recently purchased the Spike Brewing TC Wart Chiller, they just released this month. Super excited about that because again, cleanability on this is after you run your beer, you can just clean the lines that have your beer in it too, and you don't have to worry about hop residue, which was my big issue with this brew day here was my plate chiller, even though I had CIP'd it, I ran hot water through it, there was still all these little pieces, chunks, just stuck in the plate Mm -hmm. chiller, which was giving me issues the prior brew day of making my flow very low as I was going into the fermenter. So I had to literally disconnect my plate chiller for the previous brew day, and just buy and just wait for the temp to cool down just by the temperature which is never ideal you want to chill your wart down as mm-hmm. fast as possible to get your yeast pitch temp so that was the issue i had so i wasn't able to use my plate chiller for this party guy brew day
1: so if anybody's looking to buy a plate chiller
0: <laughs> yeah so I, I will be selling my <laughs> dual diesel plate chiller for sure just because it was great it chilled very fast i loved it but again the cleanability they're just as with plate chillers. They're just harder to clean, and you really have to be super meticulous with cleaning those to make sure. And you also have to fi- make sure you have filters before that to get rid of as much hop residue as possible before transferring it, or you're gonna end up getting flow issues and stuck wort yep. in there. Lazy right. James. So is not other than compatible. the issues, <laughs> other than the issues, I love this party guy brew day because not only was I able to make two beers in one easy brew day, meaning It only was an extra hour, two hours of my time. I didn't have to re-clean the system because it was along the same style. It was using the same ingredients other than the hops. So I changed up the hop profiles and then I used two different yeasts. I used the Abbey Ale yeast for my Belgian Quad and then I used the Belgian Lager yeast for that beer. And so my first beer went through the OG 10.90, hit target, perfect. It was a perfect match. Didn't have to adjust Mm -hmm. anything. My second beer came in a little lower than I would have liked. It was 10.35 without doing anything. So it was still in the boil kettle at that point. So I made the decision that, all right, for this one, I want to make sure it gets to that 10.50. So all I had to do was add two pounds of Pilsen DME, which is the powdered dried malt extract, which is another Mm -hmm. method you can use to raise the ABV. So, I just did that because I wasn't adding any new grains to it. I kept the same grain bill. I was just able to use this pills and DME to raise it up, which I ended up getting to the 1050 by doing that. So, that target was also met. And this was really great because I could I heated up the HLT, the water for the second runnings, which would be for that Belgian lager while the Belgian quad was finishing the boil. And then once that boil was done, I transferred that to the fermenter and I moved over the wort from my mash tun right into the boil kettle and then was able to add my hops um, to that, which was awesome.
1: Yes, yeah, so you were very excited when you came upstairs with that that OG. Oh, like, I was so excited. Is that right? Is this right? Take a picture. I was like, I, I but you already yeah, So tonight? I use a
0: refractor meter while it's in the boil kettle, while it's still hot, to take up kind of a pre boil in and in boil gravity reading. And then I'll go ahead and do my hydrometer reading once it's in the fermenter, just to get basically like an average. Or, you know, I always usually trust the hydrometer more than the refractor mm-hmm. meter.
1: And because you didn't use your plate chiller, you did not use your plate chiller, right? So was I one? was
0: not able to okay. use the plate chiller. So, yeah. I was able to let that first beer cool down in my spike fermenter, which, again, I didn't have the temp control in that. I didn't have anything because I'm going to transfer that today into my bright tank to then keep it Mm -hmm. temp controlled because our basement was averaging between 62 to 70 degrees, which was for the Abbey yeast strain, that was right in Mm -hmm. the peak for that yeast. So I figured, wow, that two-hour time that I was boiling and moving – the mash for that second beer that was just my wart would just sit in that fermenter mm-hmm. closed up and then I would pitch my yeast later
1: <laughs> but it did not cool down as fast as you thought it did it not would.
0: cool down as fast <laughs> as I thought it would again it's stainless steel so I kind of didn't I thought the yeah I yeah it, it,
1: long story short I already went to bed James comes upstairs to go to bed and is like I don't know I just what if I go to bed and then it gets too cold And then I haven't pitched these. He's like having like waking nightmares about going to bed before, but it was still too hot. Like, and by the time you woke up in the morning, took the dog out, it was perfect.
0: Yeah. So again, like, I don't know really how, what that could do. Like it was closed up. I made sure it wasn't open to the elements. I just don't, I think I saw some articles out there that you can leave your wart, like just to let it cool down by itself. Again, I couldn't do an ice bath because it was in a CF10 fermenter. Yeah, um, we don't all have. the other fermenters were taken that had temp control. So what I ended up doing with that second beer was I used my glycol chiller to cool down in the fermenter, to cool that wort down to the pitching temp to before I pitched that yeast. And that was actually the one that gave me the issue, Shannon, not the first beer. Oh, I thought it was that No, one. that first one came down perfect, right, to pitch temp because for that second beer... What kept throwing me off is it's a lager, so lagering yeast requires lower mm-hmm. temperatures. So it required like a fifty-three to fifty-five degrees Fahrenheit temperature to pitch that yeast. Where going from a hundred and twenty-degree liquid, that's mm-hmm. going to take some time, even while that glycol is coil is going in the fermenter to chill that down. So it was chilling at you know maybe five degrees every couple hours so mm-hmm. that's the one that took to the next morning well either way the yeast. you were nervous i was nervous <laughs> and i was also nervous because i want to make sure that wort is nice and oxygenated so i just made sure i gave that ferment fermenter a good shaking before i poured in that belgian lager yeast to make sure that it had the oxygen that it needed to kind of get that flocculation going mm-hmm. so shannon loves her flocculation nation Yep. But those two beers were humming. They were bubbling like crazy. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad that they both fermentation wasn't stalled from doing that. So I'm really excited to see how those two beers come out. And just the color alone on those two beers was astonishing, the difference. Again, that Belgian quad used some dark sugar in it, candy sugar, liquid. So I think that also played into the color differences. But I really thought like, to you ended up with two distinct beers and they just tasted good out of the hydrama. The yeah. I always, it's like the home brewer's test. I always take a sip to make sure all right, does that taste sugary enough? Does that have enough like stuff to make the the yeast happy? Like it's just yep. a kind of a foolproof test of just being like, yep, all right, let's taste like unfermented wort. Perfect. Yep. We're good to go. Yep. So I was really excited about that brew day and I highly recommend you guys trying it. And my recommendation is just don't have really many expectations <laughs> other than like let's get don't a drinkable the bar beer high. yeah don't set the bar high don't you know other than the original gravity maybe is with the only criteria i had but again changing up your hops mm-hmm. and using a different yeast you just look at what your grain bill is and what's similar and you'll have a table beer at, at the very least so yeah i'm excited to see what comes out of it
1: me too okay well that was our uh, exciting brew days that we james had in the past couple of weeks While he was doing that, I was on the hunt for new stickers. Because as you all saw recently, Caitlin made us a lovely new, or I guess I shouldn't say us, made James' new stickers and new logo for his home brewery. So I wanted to find him some new can labels and other goodies.
0: Yeah, it was part of my birthday gift. Yeah. Awesome.
1: Yeah. So I believe it was Pratt Brewing had recommended Stomp stickers to us, and so we... Reached out to them and just be- as before, we do our review. Just wanted full transparency that we did receive a discount from them for an honest review, and we're always honest. So, honesty is the best policy. So Especially
0: just, regarding beer, we want the exactly. truth. Nothing but the truth. For years, I've been trying to find that sticker company or that home brewing label that really works for the home brewer as well as like it has that look of a craft brewery in the past we've reviewed grog tag you can check out that review as well on our website another good option but for this review we wanted those beautiful beer labels to match the high level quality of our beers that we have and we want to be able to share it with our friends and family and neighbors so i know like me i'm always super frustrated by the whole experience of trying to find or mm-hmm. make beer labels. It can be expensive, especially if you're trying to make them at home. You have to buy you know, the label scanner, the labels, and then on top of that, you have to design what you're gonna make these labels. So it's just a whole, mm-hmm. it can get expensive fast. So I was looking for a company in beer labels that easy to use, have the look and quality of a craft brewery, and also ha- easy to either input if you have someone like Caitlin like we do to make mm-hmm. a design for us or if we also just want to go on and make our own label or if we have something from the past to be able to input that into the website and easily yeah. get out labels.
1: Yeah yeah so I know in the past we've reviewed Grog Tag which is up on our website if you want to check that out. This time we used stomp stickers and we used a hop scale as our rating. so one hop is the lowest three being average and five is a the highest ranking. Um, So just going from the very beginning of the process. So we, I went into it with knowing that we already had a, a file in hand. I didn't have to worry about trying to make our own design or anything like that. And the first thing that really stuck out to me is that they have a lot of products on their website. There is not only brewery, there's stuff for wineries, there's just your, you know, if you're running any, any food business, basically any business at all that you want to advertise or get, Stickers, signs, banners, tablecloths, tent, pop-up tents, anything, really, they do there at Stomp Stickers. So that was the first thing that kind of struck me, is just the variety that they had out there and the fact that you can search by the industry, but you can also search by that type of label. So James had told me, you know, I want the 16-ounce beer can label, so I was able to go directly to – you can either go right into the brewery industry section and you can find them there, or I, under the sticker area, there is a beer can label – 16 ounce. And so it's very easy to find basically what you're looking for. And when I go went in there, it was super simple to just upload my file. I guess James said we double checked to make sure that we had the right file format. And then I was able to just upload the image and make sure when I adjusted it, that it stayed within the guidelines. It gives you a little dotted line around the edge to say like, you know, this is kind of like the cutoff area. So to make sure that the image was staying within that space. And then you just add it to your card. That's, it's really that simple. So I really thought that that was as easy as it could have been. And it made it just very simple and clear on how to do it. I did try to go in and make my own label. And I will say that there's not really the ability to, like, pick out different shapes and things like that. Like, you can choose a color background, you can import images, and you can do text, and you can do like straight line text, you can do curved text, but there's really no way to say like, oh, I want to build out my own hop, like using different like circles and stuff like that. Like you really have to have some sort of image to upload. So if you have a transparent logo or you have a transparent image that you want to put on a different color background, you can do that. You can upload that transparent image, but in order to design your own label, you'd really have to do that on a different software or a different website. So you'd say that functionality
0: upload. was pretty basic compared with the grog tag ones that you had kind of played with mm-hmm. before, but this was easier to use and their website was more fun- like functional from yeah. the other company. Yeah. And it,
1: unless used. I just couldn't figure out how to do it, but I guess that also was kind of a, a ding on if I can't figure out how to do it easily, then it, there's probably something that needs to be improved with it. But I think if you're going to be using stop stickers to have a have a have design ready to, to, to upload
0: yep. ready to go. So you we were talking about a variety of products, and just the beer labels alone, they had. Every size can, you can yeah, imagine, yeah. they had crowler growlers, bottles, and um, different sizes. And I, I'm such a, like a perfectionist with that, where I wanted it to, I, I it had a couple options, I think, for dimensions for each, mm-hmm. even for the 12 or 16 yeah. ounce size. So I went up to, you know, some of my can't craft brewery cans, and I literally had a measuring tape, and I was measuring the length and width of those cans to see what they're comparable to. And thanks to Pratt Brewing too, who said the eight by five is what yeah. they use. And they were home brewers first and now they have their home they have their craft brewery. So I love their how they had done their labels. So I'm like, all right, eight by five is where I wanna be for the sixteen ounce labels.
1: Yeah, and there's all different um, types of labels. Yeah,
0: oval, die cut, square, rectangle. They also had like different options as well as far as paper roll labels, glossy, waterproof, clear roll, silver roll. So many different options that I didn't even like, I was just like the standard ones seem fine. And they are, I did the waterproof test on all of them and even did them with cleaning solution as well on the cans before I filled them. And they all held up strong.
1: Yeah, they also, so... In addition to the the discount code that they gave us, they also sent over some of their other products that we weren't purchasing, just some samples of things they'd done for other breweries. And so we got the different types of labels, but then also these drink and peel labels they have. So you could basically have a sticker within your sticker. So it's a label that goes in your can, and then you could have, say, your logo be a sticker that peels off of the can so then after the fact someone can have your sticker to use.
0: Yeah. And this was the one thing that really drew me to stomp stickers as well was this drink and peel S label that's part of their beer labels. So like it's an option that if you get this kind of beer label, you can literally have your beer label design and then you can either have your brewing logo as a sticker on it as part of the label or just if it's a creative like image for your specific beer you can literally have that as a sticker on your label which i've never mm-hmm. seen i've never seen a craft brewer even do this or a home brewer do it uh, i just think it's super cool especially as a fan of collecting yeah. stickers of myself is what a better way than you give your friend a beer or if you're a craft microbrewery uh, if someone has your beer and then they can peel off the sticker from that beer and te- like tag their fridge with your brewery like i think it's just innovative it's so clever and it doesn't look mm-hmm. like you know a piece it's of paper. Not it's not obvious yeah. that they're stickers you kind of have to look and be like oh this peels off so for that reason the variety of products i give them a five out of five hops yeah. top of the top of the line for what they have yeah
1: I will say the Drink and Peel, though, they are more expensive than the regular label. So that's kind of a... Which is understandable. It's a little bit more labor that goes into building those out. So we'll talk about that in cost. Yeah. Yeah. So they also have stickers and static cling. And so I... James didn't know that I got him uh, some static cling of his home brewery logo to put on his car. Because he always complains that he gets a new car so often that he... Doesn't want regular stickers. He wants die-cling. Yep, so gotta got some, gotta be cling. Yeah, so I got ten of those, and they were relatively inexpensive. So I got those for him, and they had the ones that stick inside your window, so like apply it from the inside and you can see it from the outside, or you can also ones that you can apply from the outside, which was nice. They've got coasters, different styles, so pulp board or paper, single, double-sided. Um, so it's a wide variety there, and we got some of those samples in the mail, and they're actually decent quality like I was expecting kind of like flimsy like the same paper ones that you
0: expect to see yeah I think the the pulp board the 0.35 setting ones were more more sturdy in my opinion in the ones that I would go with out of the other ones that were kind of square bigger square Mm -hmm. again they were cardboard paper kind of material they were also double-sided the ability to do double-sided which is cool but again, I think if I was going to get them, I'd get the pulp board, the point, the smaller size, because they also have the mm-hmm. .55 s- circular size, and yeah. they also have squares too. But that's the the route I would go if I was going to purchase some mm-hmm. coasters. But again, they can be a little pricey. It's seventy three cents roughly each if you're getting the hundred twenty five quantity for ninety two dollars.
1: Yeah. So we'll talk about. I, I think we'll talk about appearance, like just kind of the get to the cost towards the end. So appearance wise, I think everything looks. Pretty good. I mean, the labels came out exactly the way I ordered them. You do get, which I forgot to mention when I was talking about the process, before you actually order, you get a virtual proof. So you can say yes or no and make adjustments before you actually add it to your cart. So that was nice. I could see that when I made the adjustment on the size that I stayed within those, the dotted lines. So I can make sure that it was. And that's that's
0: consistent. And I think that's a great thing that most label companies should do because mm-hmm. Grogtag tagged that, that as well so i, th- I think i know that's sometimes thing. you
1: get them after like sometimes you can order and then they'll send you like in your email like hey here's the proof after you've already yeah done i'm it. not i can't remember what company i've seen that from but you yeah. get a proof after you've already ordered whereas this one was kind of an instantaneous and the company i'm thinking of may have upgraded since i last used them but
0: yeah i was blown away by the appearance Absolutely astounded with how well it came out, especially with Caitlin's design too. It real like I could fool probably ten out of ten people with this label on a can, thinking it's a craft brewery can. It's just that well, and it also comes down to the size as well of the label. And again, having a design label does make a big difference as well. But
1: now I remember when we first got them, you were trying to like cut it because you thought it was me perforated. Was that something you would? give them a downgrade on because it wasn't perforated in between? Or was that just something because So for normally you would just be doing them all at once, so you wouldn't really need to perforate?
0: That was my one, if I had to nitpick on it, and I guess this is a very honest review. So I will say the one thing I would have liked to see was little perforations separating each label. So it's on a big roll. and Which if you
1: have a candy machine... Is probably preferable because right. you stick it on the canning right. machine. and, and i'm sure those you, perforated
0: but, things would yeah. get stuck in the machine or whatnot but as a home brewer unless you have like i imagine like i'll probably have a little like spool type thing and just kind of like man- manually putting these on cans i would have liked the ability to like separate have the perforations as i'm going to separate how many labels yeah. i need from the big spool but again they were easy to get off it mm-hmm. wasn't like it hindered my ability at all yeah. but it was just something like just something that i noticed preference. that i was like oh I, I wish it had a perforation here so when i was done with this label it would rip off, i could rip off the blank yeah let's say that the blank, just as fine you know left over from the label but yeah. that would so, be my only critique on that
1: okay so appearance we gave five out of five and then functionality quality we also gave five out of five you've tested it you've washed them you've kind of done all the I throw put it against a, I, the wall Yeah, I put it through
0: all the the <laughs> ringers. and even all the the demo labels like the different styles whether it was like the vinyl or the silver and even the ones with the stickers like they held up super well also in those tests the stickers even I had somewhat peeled some of the stickers off and put them back on mm-hmm. and they still held up so yeah I think that was five out of five
1: yep and then I gave five out of five for creating using the website it was it was really quick and easy. I could do it on my phone too if I had the files on my phone. So it was really easy to use. My biggest complaint, and this was just me because I like to be in the know, on top of things, understanding when when stuff is happening. I like communication. I was a communications major. That's what I like. So for me, the communication after I purchased was less than I would have liked. And I guess I could have gone, so basically, once you order, you get the email saying like you've confirmed, great. And then you can go to this page that says, like,
0: your shipping here's status, the confirmation,
1: yeah. shipping status. But then in order to actually track your shipping status, you have to download the Shopify app or something. And I, I'm i going to admit, yes, I could have downloaded that to actually track. But why should I have to download an app to track when I'm just using it to see where... Like, I don't want to download a whole other app and give someone else my information and do the whole rigmarole just to see where my stickers are or my labels are. So I would have preferred to have... If people like that option, great. But also have on that page where I can confirm my order status to also show what's happening with my order. Like there was no tracking on there. Like, or I even didn't like even an know. email
0: saying like, hey, like I never your got order's an email re- getting saying, ready. Yeah, like or... it
1: always just said in progress. So I never got an email saying it was ready. I never got an email saying it had shipped. And I never got a delivery email. So actually, I may have gotten a delivery email.
0: Well, I had gotten the box and I'm like, oh, the stomp stickers came. And you're like, oh, let me check oh, the status. I,
1: I got, so I got a delivery email when it was delivered with the tracking information in it and i was like well that's just kind of useless now because it's already at our door so uh, that was my one complaint is that i couldn't see when it was coming and because i had purchased extra stuff for james that he did not know about i wanted to like either get it for him because i knew he'd yeah, be like oh i'm gonna it rip for it open someone for like
0: a gift you want to make sure you yeah and know i knew that to he it. was gonna
1: yeah. want to open it as soon as he got oh, it so i was a little bit frustrated by that so Due to that, I gave it three out of five, but that's just my personal, like I said, you could download the app. I just personally don't like to download extraneous things that I don't need to do when I'm just trying to track my order. So that was the biggest thing it got. Cost-wise, it actually is very comparable to other sites. So in terms of just the labels, I know we talked about a lot of other products, products and... but I'm just gonna talk about the labels. Cause, cause that's that was really, our...
0: that was really what we wanted yeah. to get. And then we ended up finding the stickers and other things that we're, like, gonna oh, order. Things. we're gonna order more of more. I will say those. the
1: stickers, the decals I think I got you were only like 14.95 for 10, which is to me super, that's like almost the price of one sometimes. Yeah. So that was, and you can pick your different sizes and all that, so I thought it was worth it. So. That gets a five for me. Um, but the cost of the labels, so for 116 ounce can labels, it was $110 from Stomp, which is comparable because grog tag is 115. And the lowest one I've found on the market is 99 from Vistaprint. I haven't actually used Vistaprint, so I'm not sure how good of quality theirs are or how like it compares with the process and all that stuff. But they are the cheapest I've found so far. And then you can get 125 stickers from sticker giant for 140. So I think 110 is pretty comparable. It's not, you know, to me, I always cringe when I see the prices of stickers. Cause I'm like, it's just a sticker. Why is it so expensive? Yeah. But it's not that, I mean, it's, you know, a little or even bit on over- cans,
0: right. If you're a home brewer, you're like, do I really want to spend almost a dollar for a label on a, Beer. you know like it gets to be like that or if you're a microbrewery cost is a very important thing I and mean, that's why I think also the quantity differences like I did do the math and it was like if you know you're going to use more labels get the like they get jumps from either
1: yeah so you can get a hundred and uh, sorry a hundred for it's about a dollar ten each so it's $110 for 100. So then it jumps up to 250. So 250 is $150. So
0: 250 uh, labels for
1: correct for 150. So it goes down to 60 cents a label. The more you go up, which is the comparable, like the more you go, so if you got a thousand labels, it's 37 cents a label. So it's only $371. So it does go up like a pretty. The more you go up, the it does go by, down yeah, by a scale, decent amount. Right. Um, so I thought that their pricing was you know pretty good for the quality that we're getting
0: and out of it. and again like the labels like we had made we did it so we'd fill in the beer name we'd fill in like we just had my home brewing logo on there and then we had where you'd fill out the ABV you'd fill out what beer style and all that so that it didn't we didn't have to get multiple versions of the label we could use that same one label and use it for multiple beers, which is a great cost-saving mm-hmm. way to do it, and also have it. You still looks professional and still looks great. And then for your specialty beers that you maybe one-off, you can do some labels for that, which we'll yep. be doing with the Iron yeah, series. Yeah, up Only
1: getting, I got two fifty of his regular labels for him. So,
0: yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I think price cost. Point, I would say I would give it a 4 out of 5 um, it's not the cheapest option out there yeah. but it's not Um, the most expensive option either. And especially for those who make them at home, that kind of equipment, you're easily looking at a couple hundred for the machine, plus the cost of the labels, plus ink, plus everything else. In addition to those, you really don't have the support of Mm -hmm. creating the label. And these prices were all for those 16-ounce, eight by five labels that we had purchased.
1: Yeah. So I think overall our average would be a four out of five hops.
0: Yeah, yeah. I th- and we didn't do any half points either. So I would really <laughs> scale it more closer to the four and a half out of five. Really, the being cost and communication was the only two areas that a focus compared yeah. to our other review that were not full five out of fives. So yeah. I would highly recommend it. I would use them again. We're going to use Stomp Stickers again. And for you, the listeners, lucky you guys, because if you're looking for homebrew labels or anything from their website, you can go on there and use our 15% off discount code of double hop. D O U B L E H O P for those who need to know how to spell yeah. double hop will be our 15% off code. So definitely go ahead, use that, buy your labels in. Who doesn't like a discount? So 15% off. That's yeah. pretty great.
1: So go ahead and use that and get your own labels or stickers or you need a pop up tent, need some tablecloths, you can <laughs> I, get it over there. I am
0: totally getting a pop up tent for our James neighborhood barbecues. Our ba-
1: oh, I you am that one for our next block. Party. I am t-
0: we're totally doing it. And for our neighbors listening, um, no spoilers.
1: No spoilers. <laughs> oh, they're so spoiled. Oh, they're right so now. spoiled.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we're so spoiled. Yeah, so that, okay. that was great. And again, if you're listening and you want to hear any other kind of reviews or any other kinds of equipment or anything mm-hmm. we might be using or might be interested in, make sure you DM us on our Instagram page.
1: Yeah, and we want to thank you all for listening to this week's episode of Double Hot Beat. As James said, if you are a homebrewer that wants to come on and share your story, send us a direct message.
0: And remember to follow us on Instagram, because that is the number one way we are able to reach new homebrewers and listeners just like you.
1: And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you so much for listening. This This has has been been Double Double Hot Beat.
0: Catch Catch you on on the the brew side.